Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. All right, welcome to the Friday Habit. And today we have a special guest. I am uh, excited to have uh, Laura Trions uh, on the show today. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and to join you and your awesome listeners. Yeah, so I have a little snippet of your bio here. It says, an executive coach who specializes in behavioral understanding to enhance company culture, maximize executive talent, and boost employee engagement. You combine psychology with uh, experiential coaching methods to help individuals and teams break through limiting beliefs and increase productivity and profit. I love it. I mean, what more do I need to say? Yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show. It's a mouthful though, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, and it, it leaves me, uh, wanting more. I want, I want to ask you questions about all sorts of things. So like, what I'm does a- that mean? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? But Hey, before <laughs> we get started, I have some conversation cards here. And so Ben and I like to, uh, ask a open-ended question or a, would you rather? And so I'm going to go ahead and, uh, pick from this deck and whatever we get, uh, you know, that's what we get. So here, here we go. Okay, so this is an open-ended question. Okay. Okay, what are your top three rules for navigating life? Ooh, I love <laughs> oh, this. Yes. All right, let's see. You're jumping right um, around. My top three rules for navigating life are define and create your experience. A lot of people know what they don't want and they're not clear on what they want. And so they tend to get more of what they don't want. So I think that's the number one thing, um, defining and creating your experience. The second thing is stay resourceful. Sometimes we can get on a track where we're so caught up in the how, we forget why we're doing what we're doing. And so this idea to stay resourceful to different options and um, not get so stuck on one path Mm-hmm. And then the third one, it sounds corny and yet it's so true. It's, you know, be grateful for where you are. So there's this desire to always want more and get to the next level. And we forget to appreciate the success that we're in right now. I mean, I have a client this year who has reached his sales goal um, and he owns the company in less than six months. And he's like, yeah, okay, so I'm ready for the next thing. I'm like, whoa, wait, 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 let's like stop. Do you realize what just happened? This is a year after COVID. This is a business that, you know, you were worried that you weren't even gonna be able to continue last year and look at where you are now. And so that idea of um, gratitude and being and appreciating where you are is so vital. I love that. This question was heavy right out of the gate. You know, normally we have some would you rathers, you know, that's like, <laughs> would you want to eat chocolate or vanilla ice cream? I love that. You know, you know, my, my top three, I would say is be present, don't worry and expect the blessing. So those are like the, the three things that I try to, um, you know, are the, the things I try to communicate to my kids and, and people around me and, and whatnot. So awesome. Those are awesome. Ben, would you, you got anything for Man, us? Yeah, now I feel like I need to have I know. Three. Mine are like, what are your uh, rules for navigating life? Um, you know, take a shower every once in a while. <laughs> it's a good rule for life. Uh, be intentional and um, 
try not to do something dumb. Those are my three rules for life. <laughs> Those are good. Let's talk about practical. The showering one. I think especially after last year, a couple people can use that. Exactly. And it has taken you far in life, Ben. Yeah. Well, hey, you know, Laura, I, I, I'm curious um, to kind of hear a little bit more about how you got to where you are as far as being an executive coach. And, you know, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, where you started. You know, did you go to, did you grow up in Connecticut and go to college and then, uh, you know, get into counseling or something like that? Or like, what, what, what has your life journey been like up to this point? Well, so I I love that question because I think it also speaks back to one of my three rules is like, don't get so caught up in the how. Um, because my journey has been so interesting. I grew up in, in Massachusetts. Um, I'm a New Englander, so I love our freaky weather. I love Tom our Brady. cold winters. Yeah. I mean, I love our spring muddy rain. I love all of it. Um, so I grew up in, in New England and um, I thought when I was young, I was going to be an attorney or go into politics. Politics. Mm. And um, so I studied poli sci in school. But when I left school, I was asked to be a fundraiser uh, for a college. And that was an amazing experience. Um, but then I met my husband, we got married, and I was always interested. I bought a two family, so I was always interested in real estate. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I bought my two family when I was like, I don't know, 23 years old. And nice. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was a single, and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go do this. Um, and so once I got married, I said, hey, listen, like, I really love this real estate thing. I think I'm going to go get my real estate license. And so I got my real estate license. And while I was working for, um, one of the big franchises, they use this assessment um, to help guide people to the part of real estate that best fit their behavioral style. And the problem was they would give it to you when you arrived and then it would go into a drawer. And so I was on the leadership council and the broker of my particular franchise was like, you know, it's so frustrating. These people have these big goals, but then they don't follow through. And so I said, like, give me their assessment. Let me look at it. And I look at it and I said, well, if their greatest fear is rejection, they're not going for no, even though that's what you're teaching us. And if they do, it's only going to be temporary because it takes so much energy for them. So Mm -hmm. I started to look at people's assessments and and then people started bringing them to me like, hey, can you look at this? Hey, can you look at this? So um, then we moved and I happened to change companies because we just didn't have um, the franchise in the town that I moved to. And uh, the owner of that company had said to me, I said, listen, I use this. I used this assessment with people and I'd love for you to like pay for it. And he's like, no, I really, that's not something I want to invest in. And um, you're not going to be able to get my agents to do it either. I'm like, really? Okay. So I love a challenge. Well, by the time I'd left, 90% of the office had taken it. And what had happened was people were saying like, my husband's looking for a new job. Could you give this to him? Or, you know, my child is having some, there's a children's assessment. My child's having some struggles. Like, could we use it with them? So I started to see this is much bigger than just real estate and helping realtors. And so um, I decided I was going to go and become a coach full time. And if I was going to be a coach, I wanted to have a coach and be coached by the best. So I hired um, a Tony Robbins coach 
And so while I was working with my coach, he helped me sort of transition out of real estate into coaching full time. And he said to me, like, have you ever thought about being a Robbins coach? And I'm like, nope, I've got my plan. I'm going to go do it on my own. And um, and so that was my path. And then the more I got into the Robbins coaching, I just loved everything about it. So ultimately, I did apply to be a Robbins Mm. coach and I served as a Robbins coach for two years. And that, I mean, is just transformative um, opportunity just because of how he operates and how you you coach. I mean, you're taught to coach anyone, anywhere at any time. Did you get to go to like those those conferences and things like that where he's there and yeah. all hyper and intense? I, I saw the documentary, like, I'm not your guru I'm or not whatever. Your guru. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Okay, I have to say, I don't feel like that did the pro, like what he does for people justice. I mean, um, some people loved it. Being a part of the organization, I kind of thought, oh, like they missed it. Like they missed the camaraderie. I, I feel like they missed a lot of um, the real juicy stuff um, mm-hmm. in terms of how it transforms people's lives. Is It's really powerful to be mm. a part of the organization. So I decided that, I really wanted to be able to pick and choose my own clients. And so Mm -hmm. to do that, I did leave the Robbins organization. And I say, although I no longer work there, I would be forever a client. Um, And so since then, I've been on my own and really been blessed to be a part of people's journeys and to really help them look at Mm -hmm. where they are now, where do they want to go, and then how do you close that gap? Um, I'm just honored that I get to do what I do every day. Yeah, that's so awesome. I I love that. That sounds like a a fantastic uh, journey that has brought you to a very uh, just great place in your life. So, uh, and and I know that you know whenever you're able to you know speak into someone's life and encourage somebody else, I know that it's so rewarding too. As far as you know, just how that feels, you know, it's Ben and I get together once a year and it's just so encouraging, um, you know, just to be with each other and encourage each other. And then you just feel so satisfied, you know, by that. So, you know, one of the things in, in your, um, in your little bio that we have here, uh, that made me, uh, take pause was a little bit about enhancing company culture. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, both Ben and I have employees, um, with our companies and, you know, we know a lot of, uh, small business owners. And so I guess, how do you enhance company culture and boost employee engagement with behavioral understanding? I mean, that's, that's the question that, uh, you know, I have for you. It's such a great question. And so I think that for 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 me in looking at hiring ends up being the start of it, right? So mm-hmm. often we hire based on skill and we fire based on attitude. And so when you hire based on is this a fit for our culture first, so much of what you do can be trained. I mean, outside of, you know, really distinct specialties, right? So it's making sure that when you're looking at um, behavior, you're looking at someone who's a cultural fit. And I think the key to know, and this was what was so important, and whether I'm working with salespeople or I'm working with HR or you know whatever department I'm working with, there is no right or wrong behavioral style. It's are we a match? Are we a match for each other? Are we a match as a group? And so oftentimes, you what tends to happen is while we're hiring, we hire based on what we like and what we think is going to be a good fit. When we look at job certain job descriptions are more curtailed to certain behavioral styles than others. And so Mm -hmm. 
keeping that in mind while keeping in mind, is this person going to be a fit for our overall culture becomes really important and is often overlooked because the hiring process for so many people feels like drudgery. Um, You know, you lose someone, you're like, oh no, I have to hire. Um, And so this helps to take away a little bit of the guessing when you're hiring. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Enneagram? I have, yes. Okay. Yeah. And so that's one thing that I do. Ben, do you have everyone take an Enneagram test at your office? Um, I think everyone has. I haven't, it's not a requirement or anything, but I think everybody on my team knows about it and has, has taken it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I found that to be very helpful in the sense of, you know, the Enneagram has nine points, you know, and nine different personality types. And when I really understand the motivation of why somebody does a certain thing, it helps me to to have more grace with them uh, and and maybe be able to motivate them in the right way that speaks specific to their personality type. Because it's it's like that, like all the same things don't motivate or one thing doesn't motivate different people the same way, you know? And so trying to figure out, you know, how do I get the most from you and then make sure that you're a constant, you know, fit. I think being a small company that's growing, um, you know, a lot of times you hire your friends first and, and you just start, you know, working and then you get to this point to where you might have to have difficult conversations. And, uh, I think that's, that's a, that's a part of the hard part about hiring, um, and firing people is, is as you grow, are these individuals on board with your mission and your vision and and all these other kind of things? Right. Well, you know, sort of going back to that, what motivates people, um, I was working with a client and he had just, he had a team member who was kind of, pushed over to his team and he he knew that she had so many great qualities she, he wanted to keep her but he wasn't sure if she wanted to be underneath him because again it was a new a new transition so he said to me I'm going to offer her a $10,000 raise I said why well because you know she would want more money I said, well wait a second how do you know she wants more money I'm not saying that she doesn't want more money but I'm saying why don't you ask her And so he went to her in their first meeting and said, you know, I'm grateful to have you on board. I want you to know what a value you are to us. What can I do to show you that? And she said, I've been at this company seven years and never had training. He said, okay. So he said, you pick the training and we will make sure that it happens for you. Now, here's the key. So he's all excited. Of course, I said, I just saved you $10,000. Thank you very much. Um, but, but here is the beautiful thing. And this is where the leadership comes in, is that by the time the training had come around, they were in the middle of a big project. And she said to him, I'm not going to go. And he said, no, 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 no. You are going to go. I'm going to cover for you. Oh, mm-hmm. you are going and you're not mm-hmm. taking your phone. You are going to this training. That's all that you asked for. And there's no way I'm going to let you not have it. When she ultimately left the organization, like two or three years later, she wrote him a letter that said that she was the best boss that he had ever had. And that's all it took was asking her, how can I show you that mm-hmm. I appreciate you? That's really, really good. Yeah, that's that's super interesting because I definitely feel like some people, uh, I'm just thinking of even people on my team, some people it's like flexibility of hours. For some people, it's like being able to do more work that they enjoy or focus on something that they feel like they're more skilled at. Or maybe there's just a, just a few pain points of tasks that they have that like really they shouldn't be doing and everybody forgot they were still responsible for that. Oh, we could offload that to a contractor. or So just identifying pain points or just opportunities like 
that's, I feel like that's such a good tip. And how did you ask that question? You, you, I think you said a couple different ways, but what would you recommend actually saying if you're telling somebody what is the exact question they should ask to identify that? So uh, the exact question I would ask in this situation is how can I show you how much I appreciate you? Right. The, the other part of this, which, you know, uh, Mark, you mentioned you have kids. The other part is how can I support you? Right. I mean, this is an open ended question. A lot of times people will come into us. The people who work w- for us will come in with problems and we want to help them fix it. But it's not the right fix for them. Sometimes they just need to vent. So how can I support you tends to be a good overall question. And again, for kids, when they're coming to me with their issues, I'm saying, OK, how can I support you right now? Hmm. And you'd be fascinated at what people want and need. And it tends hmm. to be so much so much easier than you think it will be. It's really an amazing question. That's awesome. Yeah, that seems so... I, I love that. It's so funny because it's so simple, but then it's so powerful because too, instead of... And I think maybe this is... Uh, you know, part of that being a, a man, like the stereotypical, like, let me just solve your problem. Tell me what you have going on. I can figure out a solution. You know, and like my wife is always like, I don't want to hear your solutions. I just want you to listen. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I got solutions for these problems if you need them. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's something so much more powerful because all of a sudden you are kind of removing yourself from the equation and then you're really getting to the root of what's best for that person because they're telling you in their own words exactly what's going to be best for them. So I think that's that's powerful and uh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for, for sharing that nugget. Oh, welcome. You know, and just coming full circle back to culture, company culture and even hiring, one of the things that I notice as a pattern in hiring, regardless of whether it's a big company or a small company, is we're not asking enough questions. And so we were so busy trying to sell ourselves, whether you're the employee wanting to be hired or whether you're the company wanting to get the best employee, we're looking at, okay, what what can I tell them to choose me, choose me, instead of what can I ask them to find out if this is a good match. And I'm really going deep with questions. And, you know, even that in the hiring process, you know, how do you like to be supported is a really important question because they may tell you something that you go, oh, you know what, actually, that's not something we do here and we're probably not going to, or that's not something we do here, but maybe that's something we could implement and it would make a world of difference. So, you know, again, using these questions, even from the start at that hiring process. Hmm. Do you have any examples of the types of things that are like not great questions to ask in a, when you're hiring somebody like the general stuff and then maybe some like, Oh, a better question to ask is this. Do you have any ideas of like what types of questions would be more insightful? Oh, I love interview questions. Um, so let me let me think. So I will say, and, and people who work with me know this because I say it all the time, one of my favorite questions to ask both as an interviewee and someone who is interviewing is, um, if you could change one thing about the organization, what would it be? Um, and so whether it's, can you, if you could change one thing about the organization you're currently with, what would it be? Or, you know, if, if, I'm interviewing at a company. If you could change one thing about the organization, what would it be? It gives you access into um, 
any challenges they might have without sugarcoating. Because when you say it that way, people are like, oh, wait a second, here's something that I would change. Um, and I think that it, and if you're asking that question to enough people, you're you can start to see patterns, you know, and again, especially if you're the person being interviewed, you can start to see organizational patterns if people are saying the same thing over and over. And it just gives you greater insight into um, what's happening. You know, I, I'd say a not great question. There's just so many generic questions that are used during interviews, um, like, um, you know, t- tell me... Um, you know, a challenge that you've overcome. Well, of course, mm-hmm. we're going to look at, come up, we've kind of got that canned answer. Sure. I want to ask the questions that you don't have a canned answer for. Mm-hmm. And so even if a generic question is asked, I'm going to go deeper and say, you know, I'm, I'm happy to answer that question. What What's important about that question to you? Because oftentimes we're asking a question because we want a specific answer. Mm-hmm. And I want to understand where is this coming from? What are you thinking when you're asking this question? I want to go deeper and, and get that understanding of where is this going? And again, is that a match for me? All right, we're going to pause this conversation here. Uh, you go to the FridayHabit.com. There you can find show notes for this episode. Uh, there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. At the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that will show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. If you're not already, make sure you subscribe. Uh, If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear next week's episode, subscribe so you get notified. Uh, Also, leave us a review in Apple Podcast app uh, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to potentially be on one of our episodes uh, with a question you ask us, Go ahead and record a quick message in your phone, voice memo, and email it to hello at thefridayhabit.com. Until next time, live every day like it's Friday.